0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Terry N., and I am a recover compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, January 2nd. Today we are reading from the big book. We're in the doctor's opinion, reading from page XXVI, starting with the physician who, reading through two paragraphs, ending with we cannot otherwise account. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Anne Marie M., 12 Traditions, Christina L., and the readers of the text are Nancy T., Madeline R., and Hoodie R. Our newcomer greeter is Leon B., and our host for the second hour is Sandy W. The share ID for yesterday, Tuesday, January 1st, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 12,365. That's one, two, three, six, five. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting, it's 12,366. That's one, two, three, six, six. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively.
1: This is Anne-Marie N., Compulsive Overeater in South Carolina, the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs.
0: I will now ask Christina L. to please read the
2: 12th traditions. Good morning, Christina L. from Florida. Happy New Year. Here's the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, the loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. 3. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 4. Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service and I pass.
3: Thank you, Christina L. How our
0: meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature We're sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book in the doctor's opinion on page XXVI, starting with the physician who, at our request, reading through two paragraphs, Ending with, we cannot otherwise account comments on both. I will now ask Nancy T. to begin reading. Nancy? Thank you so much.
4: Good morning, Nancy T., recovered compulsive reader in Lewiston, Idaho. The physician who, at our request, gave us this letter has been kind enough to enlarge upon his views in another statement which follows. In this statement, he confirms that we who have suffered alcoholic torture must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. It did not satisfy us to be told that we could not control our drinking just because we were maladjusted to life, that we were in full flight from reality or were outright mental defectives. These things were true to some extent, in fact, to a considerable extent with some of us, but we are sure that our bodies were sickened as well. In our belief, any picture of the alcoholic which leaves out this physical factor is incomplete. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us. As layman, our opinion as to its soundness may of course mean little. But as ex problem drinkers, we can say that his explanation makes good sense. It explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. I am so grateful that those early aaers asked dr silkworth to enlarge upon his views because the the second letter that dr silkworth wrote tells us so much about um why we do the things that we do with food you know the doctor's theory explains why i can't stop once i start and it's because i develop a physical craving that is going to compel me to continue eating if if i only had um, if the allergy of my body, the physical part of it, was the only thing wrong with me, I could get on a good food plan that eliminates my my trigger foods and quit, um, you know, just quit. I'd be good. I'd be recovered. But I don't. I have this second component, which is the um, obsession of the mind. And the obsession of the mind is the thing that compels me to take that first bite, which then sets in motion that crazy cycle you know the mental twist that says oh only one one won't hurt or um oh it's not gonna this time I'm gonna you know like Jim um in Jim's story says you know if I had a little whiskey with my milk it won't hurt me or or Fred's example that um he had enough information now about um alcoholism that he was sure not to drink again but yet he was drunk again it's that mental twist those thoughts that Tell us it's going to be okay this time, it's not going to hurt us this time, that compels us to take that first bite which then sets in motion that uh, physical craving which compels us to take another bite. Um, Anyway this information is you know critical for us to understand. Um, We have to believe that our bodies are as sickened as well as our mind and I love the um, end sentence there any picture of the alcoholic which leaves out this physical factor is incomplete it takes both for us to understand um the our malady our illness and so i'm so grateful to be able to be of service today on this meeting and with that i will pass thank you so much have a good day
3: thank you so much nancy t <laughs> wow
0: I, I hear a big
5: echo.
0: <laughs> okay. Um okay, uh now we're going to open Nancy it up for P. sharing. Please. Charles A. Nancy P. Katie Carla P from G. Boston. Mary Mary K. How are you? Please. P. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Lance. I got all oh, I got I got Nancy, I got Charles, I got Lance, and I got somebody W. K D G. Harlan G. W? Tina S. It was Jennifer W. Tina Harlan Jennifer. Larry. Lisa That's it. We're done. 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 Okay. I have Nancy P. Charles H. Lance L. Tina S. Jennifer W. And Harlan G. And I'm so sorry about. Who I didn't get, but that's where we're going with right now. So Nancy P, you're up, followed by Charles H. Nancy, please go ahead.
6: Hi, thanks for letting me share. I love this reading, this part of the doctor's opinion, um, because it begins to help me make sense of as I look back. It begins to help me make sense of my of my illness. So the word must means obliged, and the last part that we read is cannot otherwise account so that makes me want to be a detective when i've considered all the facts including the ones i've tried to hide from when i've discounted the impossible whatever's left over must be the truth so what's impossible magic is impossible there's no fairy godmother there's no evil fairy godmother so that's impossible so what else is left why am i so different oh analogy of the body and obsession of the mind i never ever 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 could be the same as other people i try to act the same but it never worked and i'd go home and i'd eat in secret and every single thing that says about the alcoholic in this book every single thing applies to me i'm obliged to believe it because the facts bear it out and once i got into that mindset once i started to think like that then my despair began to dissipate. My my anguish began to dissipate and my fear and my pain and my rage began to dissipate. I never thought I had a problem. I just was happy to live in that state of fear and pain and rage. And um, But once I realized, really, really realized and accepted that I was different and that it wasn't my fault, I began to get better. So every single thing that it says in this book From Bill's story to Jim, Fred, the jaywalker, the Kansas farmer coming out of his root cellar, everything about the alcoholic applies to me. And so rather than being a detective story, it became like an exciting novel, my life, because, you know, what used to baffle me now makes sense. Um, With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy P. Okay,
3: Charles H., you are up, followed by Lance L.,
7: Thank you, moderator. Don't and don't 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 feel no type of way. People just gotta wait. That's just what it is, right?
8: <laughs> Charles H. I'm a a
7: compulsive overeater. That's real. Right? Um, I, I don't scale back. That's why I don't share because people be in their feelings and people be oversensitive. If you still so recovered, stop being oversensitive. Right? So, um, allergy, an abnormal reaction to an item, right? As a compulsive overeater, prior to You know, being recovered, I hated that word, allergy, because that word allergy held me to a a standard that um, I didn't want to be held to, right? And um, I want to drill down where it says it did not satisfy us to be told that we could not control our drinking. I think that's the big hiccup, you know, in, in Overeaters Anonymous. People don't want to be told how to be sponsored, right? And you know what? If you don't want to be told, that's good. That's all right, because sponsors, all we do is hold a light to this book. The book is the instructions. You ain't that special that you have to override that word allergy, right? Um, It did not satisfy satisfy me that I couldn't have crack. Believe me, if I could have one crack rock and go to work and be a normal, functional person, I would do it. However, um, I cannot have it. It's not. My way or the highway, it's I want to be recovered one day at a time. You know, I put the item down 100%, right? I get an A-plus on that 100%. And life, you know, if I can get a a, a B or a C-minus, I'm good with that. And with that, I pass. I want to leave some time on the clock. And you know what, moderator? It's always going to be like, it's always going to be a roadblock Um, in the doctor's opinion. It better be or I'm leaving. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Charles H. Lance L., you're up, followed by Tina S.
9: Good morning, everyone. My name is Lance L. I am a compulsive overeater from California. There are days that uh, I'm recovered, and uh, there's others that uh, this mental obsession creeps in. Uh, This book helps me to stay on the recovered side The alcoholic torture, you know, I I, I suffer and it's not like I suffer every year or every month. It's like I can have the suffering creep in every day. You know, I can go from one minute of being completely recovered, clear headed, serene, very, very good human being to suffering with resentment and fear and anger and if it was just that, I would have this figured out. I didn't just lay down, roll over, and die when it came to my suffering. I tried, and I tried, and I tried. Everything that was in my power, that was in uh, the books in front of me, that was in my the, the um, schools that I went to, I tried. And... If it was just that mental part, the thinking, if I just had to figure out how to think through this, it, I would have had it solved. But there's another component, and that other component is something that I had no clue about. There's a physical craving. And, you know, for me, this is not a vice. This is not some sort of behavior, some sort of devious behavior, food, eating, binging, um compensating for my binging it's not a vice there is an illness aspect to this i'm not morally only morally deficient you know i i don't just make the bad choices there is a body sensation my body remembers how good that feeling is how good that first 10 to 15 seconds is. it remembers that and when i'm in the pits when i'm down and depressed My body remembers that. My body is followed up by the thinking process. And if I can't put that aside, if I can't use this book as a solution, then I am in alcoholic torture. And thank you for your service, and I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Lance L. Next up is Tina S., followed by Jennifer W.,
10: Thanks so much, Terry. Tina has recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. Wow, great stuff. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. What a great way to start the new year. Uh, I also am on board with that um, Dr. Silkworth's second letter. You know, I'm in. And, and I love that it talks about that in his statement, he confirms what we who have suffered alcoholic torture and torture is severe pain. So if I, have, if I can't relate to this, if I'm not in this, then I don't need a solution. You know, I remember a sponsor telling me that. You know, lack of power is certainly my dilemma. If I don't think I'm powerless and my life is not unmanageable, then why do I need a solution? I don't need one. You know, but if I stay in, for me, as a compulsive eater, uh, if I stay in my disease long enough, I'll be beaten to a state of reasonableness, you know. And I love that he talks about the symptoms. And, you know, when I came in here, I thought this was all you know, some poo-poo stuff, that you were all just trying to make an excuse for why you can't deal with life. You know, while well, I'm glad that I stuck around long enough to know and believe, and I love that he talks about it at the end, you know, it explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. You know, I looked I'd looked for many reasons why, I ate like that, you know, and then finally, I had to believe it says we must believe it doesn't say we just have to it says we must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. You know, I was all about, okay, I'm crazy, <laughs> put me someplace, I'm crazy. But when I really understood that I had an allergy, an abnormal reaction that when I put certain substances in my body, I cannot stop. And once I start, mm-hmm. uh, and once I st- once I stop, if I don't attend to the mind, I won't stay stopped. You know, that's my experience. And I am so grateful today that I have a solution. And one day at a time, I I suit up and I show up and I help another alcoholic, you know, and, and I get to be on this line with you all so that I, that I can be
0: teachable, that I can learn from your experience, strength, and hope. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Tina S. Next up, we have Jennifer W. followed by Harlan G.
5: Hi, this is Jennifer calling from Stockholm. I am a compulsive overeater. And I'm really grateful to be in a vision for you and um, to know that this is an allergy and that uh, we have a tendency to react on certain kinds of food in an abnormal way and i guess i've always felt that there were like my way of eating um has not been like um some of my friends way of eating like when they would have um they could have like a piece of cookie and and then they'll say they'll be full but for me i have no idea how to sort of take a piece of one thing of those substances and um and stop uh, because I always want to have more. And um, it also goes like so uh, physical that I get like water in my mouth when I sort of see different things which I'm allergic to. Uh, And um, I'm really grateful that I know this and that I can, because it's easier to just take those away. Otherwise than trying to control them that's really really hard and I've been trying to do that for so long and um and now sometimes I could feel like a normal as to other people and um that's why that's why I'm so grateful that I found a vision for you because then it doesn't seem so unnormal or abnormal because there are other people who eat in the same way as me who gets this physical allergy and it can't handle it and um And then because sometimes when I say I don't eat certain things uh, people can wonder uh, but here uh, no one wonders everyone sort of supports each other in eating um, what is good for us Uh, so that I'm very, very grateful for and it feels great to start the year with this um, doctor's opinion and I'm, I'm so happy to be
0: part. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jennifer W. Next up, we have Harlan G.
8: Thank you very much, and, and thanks for your service, and thanks to Team Wednesday uh, for making this possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. From the time I was a toddler, from the, for as far back as I can possibly remember, people have been giving me a very clear signal, and this is the signal that they gave me i am an inadequate human being because of the amount of food i eat and because of the weight that i carried i am unacceptable at any level to the society that i have been born into there is no way that i am going to match up to their expectations and hard as i tried with every fiber of my being i tried to acquiesce to their demands They told me that fat boys don't get this, and fat boys don't get to do that, and fat boys don't get girlfriends, and fat boys don't get good jobs. And I found everything that they said to be true, but I couldn't make the grade. And then I read this, and I didn't understand it. And people would say to me, don't eat cookies. You're allergic to them. And I'd say, you're crazy. I'm eating cookies cookies. I don't break out in a rash. I don't get itchy, watery eyes. I'm not sneezing when I'm eating cookies. And they said, don't eat them. And I went to a source of information that has never failed me, that's rather archaic, and it's called the dictionary. Some of you are old enough to remember a dictionary. If you don't remember, you can Google it. And I looked up this word allergy, and like a lot of words, it had many definitions, and one of the definitions fit me exactly. It said, an adverse, abnormal reaction to a food, beverage, or substance. Adverse means it's harmful. Abnormal means most people don't react the way I do. When I eat ice cream... Something comes over me that the more I eat, the more I want. The more I want, the more I eat, and it's just endless. When my friends would eat it, they would take a couple of spoonfuls and pass it and say, who wants to finish this? Because the more of it they ate, the less of it they wanted. And my reaction was exactly the opposite. These paragraphs are the first inference of in any written source of a physical component to this illness. Never before had it been discussed or examined before Silkworth's observations and has been proven true. In my body, these substances will produce an actual physical craving for more of the same. No matter how long it's been since I've had them, they will produce that physical allergy every single time. My powerless condition comes from an inability to eat certain foods reasonably controlled or... Excuse me... I can't stay stopped because of the mental twist. And if I can't eat because of the allergy and I can't not eat because of the twist of the mind, I am powerless over food, but this emancipates me. I didn't cause it. I can't cure it and I can't control it. And with that, I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Harlan. Okay. So if you just jumped on, we are in the doctor's opinion on page XXVI. We're reading from the physician who at our request through two paragraphs, ending with we cannot otherwise account. Who else would like New Year? I'm trying to hear new voices. Katie, who else would like Brandon, B. else like Marie M. Larry M. Larry M. And Marie A. Janet, Larry. Laura R. R. Somebody A. a R. Ginger C. Okay, who was the Let's... A? Somebody A. Lori A. Lori A. Oh, I got Lori. Okay. Oh, okay. I got Ginger. And I got Roger. Mary. Mary Kay. Janice Andrew, P. That was... Janice. Katie G. Katie G. Laura R. Larry. Laura Lisa R. J. Lisa J. Lisa We're stopping R.
3: There.
0: We're stopping there. Okay.
3: Was it Laura J.? Lisa J. Lisa J. Is there a Lisa R. Also? Okay, Is Laura. R. Laura. Laura R. Yeah. I got your initials mixed up. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Okay. Okay. So I I I don't have too many last initials. So if you would say that when you come on, that'd be great. I have Anne Marie, Lori A. Ginger C. Janice P M, Katie G, Laura R, and Lisa R. Oh, maybe I got more last initials than I thought. Okay, mm-hmm. Anne Marie. I don't have yours. You're up, followed by Lori A. And Larry. Thank you. This is Anne Marie
1: M. Um compulsive over Eda recovering through God's grace and so very grateful. This paragraph, this first paragraph, is one of the many um, important uh, paragraphs for me. Uh, For the longest time, I really believe I had read this book a while ago, um, saying that um, uh, food was um, is just as addictive to some people as cocaine is, and um, I believed that for a little while, but was very Easily persuaded that as long as I stayed in conscious contact with God, and did His will, then I could eat anything I wanted, and um, that sounded great to me. <laughs> and I tried it, and for uh, then on it was it was a struggle. And um, so when I when I read here um, that I must believe that the body is is quite as abnormal as his mind. That I do have an allergy, and it was already once said earlier that it was just a relief for me to see that this was a disease or to know that this was a disease and that I wasn't such a bad, horrible person. Because the things that I thought about myself um, and said to myself, I don't think I'd say to my worst enemy. I mean, I just was nasty to myself because of my compulsively overeating, shoving food in my mouth, even when I didn't want it, Uh, just keep shoving it in and just saying to myself, I don't want this anymore, and just kept putting it in, in, you know, hand to mouth, like something or somebody else was pushing my hand to my mouth. And um, it it was just such a relief for me to know that um, I have this allergy, that um, once I put certain foods in my mouth, and I had to figure that out, that took me a while also. Um, I knew the main ones, but then there were a few here and a few there that um first i was unwilling and then i became willing uh to give those up also <clears throat> that once i put those substances in my mouth um it caused a craving and um a, beyond um beyond my control and um i really thought i could control it and there was another book that i read that said um you know it was called uh what well, doesn't matter what it was called but it it it, it showed how people could eat something, like get a candy bar, sit down at the table with a fork and knife, and cut the candy bar, pick it up with a fork, put it in my mouth, put the fork down, chew, taste, and then swallow. And so I really, I tried, that was, the, I think I tried
0: that the best. <laughs> that didn't work. So I am grateful. Thanks, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie M. Lori A., you're up, followed by Ginger safe.
3: Lori A. Oh, sorry. I
11: thought you said ginger C. Okay. Uh, Hi, everybody. I'm Lori, compulsive eater. Um, I'm feeling very hopeful and very relieved as I read this and as I listen to everybody share. Um, I have read this thing, uh, I don't know how many times, but um, especially recently, but this morning, it is just hitting me uh, right down to the core, right down to my heart. And uh, I had tears in my eyes earlier, and I was writing about how hopeful and um, peaceful and relieved I was feeling. Um, I've been in OA for quite a while, and um, but I've had relapses uh, all the time. And, um, you know, but I had long-term abstinence recently. Uh, I had a five-day binge over the Christmas holidays, so I've only been absent since December 26th again. And I hadn't been listening to these meetings, so I'm just coming back to Vision for You. And um, what a awesome place to come back to. I just want to thank everybody who shared. And, you know, I must believe that my body is very abnormal, and so is my mind. I must believe that I've got a crazy body that tells me that it's okay, or a mind that tells me it's okay to eat this one thing. We were going to um, dinner at a restaurant, and I thought, oh, goody, they've got this favorite dessert, and I was like, oh, yeah, this this my disease told me you can have that and that is the st- stupid sick mental obsession of this disease and you know i know that i need to do certain things so that i i uh, don't let that mental obsession get away from, from me and i sometimes and i forget that sometimes and i and that's what happened as soon as i had that little piece of sugar well, not little, um, but as soon as I had that, I was off to the races, you know. That's when my allergy kicked in, and, you know, all of that abnormal eater crap was right there in front of me, and for five days, I was just a goner, and I woke up on the sixth day, and thank God I, I, I asked my husband to throw the rest of my binge food away, and thank God he was able to, and... um thank God I have been abstinent since then and like it is my higher power that's doing it and um, I just want to thank you all for this amazing amazing uh, group thank you for doing the service thank you for all the readers thank you for the moderator thank you for the people that came up with it Um, I am feeling tremendously grateful right now so I just want to thank you all out there in in, uh, phone land. So thank you so much. Have a great day. Pass.
0: Thank you. Welcome back, Lori A. Ginger C., you're up, followed by Janice P.M.
12: Hi. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Ginger C., recovered compulsive overeater from Colorado. And I just love these three words, maladjusted to life. And really, since birth, I feel like I've been maladjusted to this thing called life that we're supposed to be living in and going through. And I never could. And I found my greatest friend early in childhood, and that was food. And I ate and ate and ate because life was scary, and it was too hard to be in. The left shoe was always dropping, and I knew that ease, that comfort would come at once by taking that first bite. And so, you know, this higher power kept presenting me with new information, and I kept eating. I like life on ginger's terms you know i want to be in control and i want to know most importantly i'm going to be okay and this is the miracle of it understanding our disease finally thank god for dr silkworth a hero for us all so we have this twofold nature and what's amazing this entire psychic change that comes about, first and foremost, I have to say goodbye to the food, probably in a way I've never said goodbye before. I always wanted to have my cake and eat it too, in OA. Don't you know I had a revolving door of relapse? If the allergy comes in, it's going to take you out. You've got to put it down completely. But then you have this personality change, complete rearrangement from within, and ideas, emotions, and attitudes where it's which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men are suddenly cast to one side and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. And no longer was I maladjusted. I embrace life because I'm connected to a power and I know that power is guiding me and protecting me. And my job is to keep the ego down. A price has to be paid. I have to smash a self-centeredness tendency. But it's amazing that now longer am I maladjusted. I couldn't do life at all. And I picked up many other addictions along the way. And today I'm free. And I'm just with this higher power. And not only am I going through life, I'm growing and becoming more effective. And it's only a daily reprieve. But thank God, the most important piece, I no longer see food as any type of solution to this thing called life. I find it in a higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger
3: C. Janice P.M., you're up, followed by Katie G. Well, thank you
0: so much, and good morning to you, and happy, healthy new year and new day,
13: <laughs> new day uh, to everyone. My name is Janice P.M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I'm going to kind of talk of what I've learned from the doctor's opinion on this uh, particular paragraph of the word craving. I don't know about you, but I know a lot of women. Sorry, men. If they were pregnant, they would say, "Oh, I crave a, um, an ice cream sundae." Well, you know, I know, like myself, I really haven't had an ice cream sundae for a long time. At the time that I was pregnant, but I use the word craving. Now, that's not what we, Doctor Soapwork, says. He uses the word craving as meaning an allergy, which means for us chronic compulsive overeaters, there has to be the substance. Like I heard somebody say, I ate ice cream and then the craving started. See, that differentiates me from a normal eater. The craving will not start in my body unless the substances in my body and then it wakes up the Doberman pincher, and I'm awake and sets off the allergy. See, it's not before. It's, 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 this is what I had to get for a long time. What do you mean it's not the craving? I crave a donut. I crave. Well, if you crave it, that means in my system that I've already had it in my system. It could be a day or two before. And it's still in there, so I'm craving it. Um, and, you know, I never craved asparagus because I never, never, never liked it and I never put it in my system, which is something I don't like. But a lot of people that, you know, when we first come in this, oh, I crave it, why can't I have it? It's not. If the craving is it's something in my body that metabolizes um, and 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 I need it, I need it because that's the phenomenon of craving. It never never happens to somebody that's not a compulsive overeater. They may have it once in a while and then want it again a little bit, but then we have that other mental obsession that oh, it felt so good i you know I used it and it felt comfortable i want I want that feeling again, but if we don't put it in our system, guess what? you won't crave that substance. And I think that has to be distinguished between the craving and the mental obsession. And then after we get the food down, that's the first thing. It's not the mental obsession because I could, I could fight my way through it thinking that I was okay, but it, it didn't work because the food was in my system and it was a craving, which is the allergy. Thank you so much. And I passed.
0: Thank you, Janice, PM. Katie G., you're up, followed by Laura R.
14: Good morning, Terry. Good morning, my fellows. Katie G. recovered in Boston. I love what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely maladjusted to life, which means lacking harmony with one's environment. I was in full flight from reality, and I was 100% an outright mental defective, which means, like, mentally there were situations that I just looked at totally wrong. But if that was my only problem, then going to all of the top eating disorder psychiatrists in Boston would be enough. And my life has blown open um, since some recovered women taught me that when I look at my allergy, my abnormal reaction, I have to look at the foods, ingredients, and behaviors that set up an abnormal reaction for me. And as a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. This means not just looking at the foods I binged on. It means looking around. It means looking at my exercise bulimia. What's my abnormal reaction? Well, if I start going to exercise, you know, 3 and then 4 and then 5 and then 6 and then 7 days a week and 2 and 3 and 4 and 5 hours. If I'm not willing to not go to the gym for a day, that's my abnormal reaction because I'm getting a hit off of the adrenaline that's coming because I have a sense of ease and comfort. And it's not even the exercise. It's not even the hot fudge sundae that I'm craving. I'm craving a sense of ease and comfort, a sense that's elusive, that's hard to grasp. And then my allergy to other behaviors, to other things that I'm putting on my food. Um, You know, One woman um, blew open my mind saying, Katie, we cannot safely use sugar in any form at all. So you're telling me you're allergic to sugar, and let's look at your forms of sugar, fifth or below, what's that? If a Coke addict said to you, Katie, I'm snorting, but it's fifth or below on the ingredients label, we would all say you're cuckoo for cocoa puffs, right? But like, you know, as a food addict, I'm a professional dieter. I spent my life rationalizing, justifying, and defending my right to consume and behave in ways that are abnormal. If you tell my husband to take a day or a week or a month off exercise, he does it. If you tell him to take a day or a week or a month off laxatives he does it like it's he's not fighting and every food ingredient and behavior that I've had to rationalize justify and defend normal people don't do that and I was taught that if you're wondering if you have a problem with something put it down normal people can put something down if they're asked just try it just try it for 30 days and see what happens so I'm just so grateful that I can continue to have new experiences with my recovery, with entire abstinence, which is vital, necessary, and imperative if I'm going to have a connection with God. And that is my primary purpose, to stay clean, help others,
12: and trust my God. With that, I pass Thank
3: you, Katie G. Next
15: up is Laura R.,
3: followed by Lisa R.
15: Good morning. Um, Laura R. from Colorado Compulsive Overeater. Um so excited to be on the line this morning, and so grateful to say that I am a compulsive overeater and actually believe it. Um, I was just thinking of the same line we were maladjusted to life, full flight from reality and outright mental defectives for me every time i'm I always call it in the box of the disease of the alcoholic torture, um and I can't get out when I'm in that space, it's always like, what's wrong with me? what's wrong with me? like what am I doing wrong like what, why can't I get out? Why can't I do this diet?' Why can I just put it down? Why can I just not have one? You know, when you see every other person eating with impunity. And, um and so it's just like, what's wrong with me? You know, why, why am I continuing to do this? And this paragraph gives me so much hope this morning um, <clears throat> because my body is sick. You know, I take the bite, the bite takes me. And yeah, you know, I could be maladjusted to life, full flight from reality and outright mental defective. Like there is some things wrong, but, um, by the grace of God, he can restore me to sanity. And that's in step two. Um, I'm just so glad today that I know, uh, you know, this has been such a process. I was writing about it yesterday. And I think that I, I thought that it was only two years that I was trying to fight this disease, but it's been more like six. It was actually a year before I had my kiddo. And, uh, that's crazy. You know, it's just this fight with food, um, you know, trying to change and diet. And cause I, I like another caller was, you know, I I've picked up so many darn things and I was writing about that too, that I had to wish I knew how to have a relationship with God when I was young. I didn't. And so I grabbed on to like six or seven different things that over the course of 15 years I've had to let go and God willing, um, this is the last one. Um, if it's not, oh, there's programs for it. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I, it's just nice to know that the allergy is there and that I, I know it and I admit it and I, I get it that I'm a compulsive overeater. What a gift. Because um, that dance is so exhausting uh, to think, am I, am I not? No, I'm normal because I want to take the easier, softer way every single time. And no, nope, I am a compulsive overeater. I have the allergy of the body and the obsession, obsession of the mind and, you know, um, but, but for the grace of God, you know, these, these steps are here and that I have a solution. And I can't wait to, to finish the process and someday, uh, God willing, be recovered. And um, But for today, I am of service by being on this line and sharing my message that I'm one of you and I'm grateful. I am grateful because um, I'm learning uh, more and more each day about myself, about my God, and about y'all. So with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Laura R. Next up is Lisa
3: R. Pretty sure I heard a Lisa. It might not be R. Lisa, star one to unmute. Okay, Uh, maybe I didn't hear Lisa. I was really trying
0: really hard to (laughs) hear. Names. Um, so we'll open it back up then, and it looks like we we'll have a couple more. Larry. Melissa,
7: and Melissa
0: C. What? And Russ. If we have time, we'll get to you. That's it. Hi. All right,
3: friend. Larry. Larry, you're up. From New Jersey. So
7: Good morning. Larry, Good morning, Melissa and Good morning.
16: Thanks, Larry K. Thank you for your service. think we lost you. Or did oh, we
3: lose
16: me? Oh. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry about Here that. There you are. Okay. The, the allergy suggests something that is critical to my understanding of this disease. Every time a normal individual consumes their food, their desire for more becomes satisfied. So every time they eat, once their desire for more becomes satisfied, they will noticeably become disinterested in the food. Watch them. Every time a compulsive overeater consumes their alcoholic foods, their desire for more becomes amplified. It becomes intensified, not satisfied. And that is not normal. If you don't get that distinction, you will be lacking the foundational information about what it means to be be alcoholic. Why does that matter? Because when we don't understand our problem in its entirety, we will lack the motivation to pursue its solution, period. Misdiagnoses, diagnostic error, however well-intentioned, can be lethal. When we don't understand the true nature of our problem, we will either seek the wrong solution or no solution. And that is why, my friends, there are people on this line that have been, wonderful people, by the way, that have been affiliated with OA for decades, and yet they've never gotten well because they didn't understand their problem, me too, thus they never pursued the correct treatment. It's a case of misinterpretation, misinformation and misdiagnosis from day one. When my daughter eats chocolate, she becomes disinterested in it every time after her desire for more becomes satisfied. That's a normal physical response in humans. I'm not like her, I'm not normal. When I eat chocolate, My my desire for more does not become satisfied. It becomes magnified, intensified, amplified. That's why before being treated appropriately, the food used to talk to me. The people in the room were secondary to the food. I would travel to the end of the earth in a blizzard to get to my heroin substance because my desire for more became amplified. That was a physical allergy, and I never got that. So I was lukewarm to the treatment with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry Kay. Next up is Melissa C., and hopefully followed by Russ M. There's four minutes left, so if you each take two, you could do that. Go ahead,
3: Melissa. Hi.
17: Great. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service, Larry. Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And let me know when two minutes are up if I'm approaching it. Um, so, you know, I, I used to work with this woman years ago, and this for me was a really good um, demonstration of what it means to not have the allergy. And, and she was someone, um, she was talking to us one time, a, a, a few of us, who were sharing about our struggles with weight. And this was before I really knew what the allergy of the body was. I was not educated yet formally on it other than my experience. And she was telling us how she had lost many, many years ago um, 30 pounds and has kept it off all of, you know, all of her adult life. And what she discovered was she could eat anything, so long as she only had a bite of it. And um, and we, I was fascinated. You know, she said she discovered that the first bite tastes as good as the last bite does, so she would just have the first bite. And God, I want that more than anything. That to me was like, the, you know, the epitome of my dreams coming true, that I could eat anything I want like a normal person. And, you know, um, that is not my reality. I am not like other people. Um, perhaps the other women that she shared this information with could. You know, when she said that, um, I knew inside That there was something deeply wrong with me and but i kind of put it as a morality issue i really thought that i was bad and i would say things like i'm being bad you know in in regards to the food and you know one of the most dangerous things i i hear sometimes from people who are working on on getting recovered who are working on recovery and they'll say things like well you know what i did have blank but I I didn't have a lot of it. I had just a little. And and, and it's progress, not perfection, right? And you know what? If you can make progress in the food and not have 100% abstinence but have progress, you don't have the allergy and and you don't really need to go much further. So I, I think it is. This is crucial information. I suffer from an allergy. If you put certain substances in my body, I have no ability to live you know in moderation with those things and knowing that has been tremendously freeing thank you with that i'll pass
3: thank you melissa
0: it looks like you have one minute russ would you like it <laughs> all
3: right thanks
9: sir. <laughs> russ Henry, I'm a recover compulsive over here outside of philly uh, I already, i always knew i was emotionally unstable i couldn't handle life i was a wreck Uh, I couldn't get it together, and I knew there was always something wrong with me when it came to food. So when I read the doctor's opinion, it put it all together. It put every piece of that puzzle together. So to make it short and sweet, if it wasn't for William Duncan Silkworth, Silky, I know Bill and Dr. Bob were involved, but if it wasn't for him, I would be dead. I I wouldn't be here on this line because it taught me who I really am. And uh, y'all have a good day. Thank you very much. Love you.
0: Thank you so much, Russam. Thank you, everyone. Is there time for one more? Nope, that's it. We're out of time. But there is a second hour that you're more than welcome to jump on. So thank you to everyone who shared today. Um, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today's meeting, Wednesday, January 2nd, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 12,369. That's one, two, three, six, nine. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Madeline R., will you please read page 164?
18: Sure thing, this is Madeline R., recovered in Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for your service today and everybody's share. On page 164, our book is meant to be suggestive only.